is not, like I said, not a Palm Sunday message per se. It is looking up, looking at a very important event leading up to the crucifixion. And uh, it's very important for us to understand what was happening here so that we can look at our lives relative to some of the things that Brother Brandon uh, was just preaching on. Matthew 26, and we want to go to verse number 36. Matthew 26, verse number 36. Okay, 26, verse number 36. Praise God. Then cometh, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very depressed. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Please in the line, nevertheless, not, not as I will, but as thou will. Okay? Now, those are, those, those are the opportunities there. Jesus did on the cross. This was a, a, a crossing point or, or, or a decision point for Jesus. What if Jesus had decided that I could not do what the Father wanted me to do? This cup that this passed for me, this cup, Jesus knew all that was about to happen to him. Jesus knew he was about to be put up on this cross, how he was going to be humiliated, how he was going to suffer death. The main thing that was troubling Jesus was the fact that he knew that at that point in time, when he took upon the sins of the world upon him, there'd be separation between him and the Father, which had never happened before. So Jesus was in essence saying, let this assignment pass from me, but Father, not according to, to, to my will, but according to your will. Well, the last couple of weeks or so before we, we were away, we talked about doing, uh, knowing God's plan for you in life. How to see what God has planned for you and to do God's plan, work God's plan. It is one thing for us to be actually doing what God has planned for us to do. But are we always doing what God's will is for us in our lives? You see? And you may say, well, they're one and the same. Well, not, 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 not 100%. I can be doing God's plan, but there could be a myriad of little things that happen during the course of the day or the week or the year. That is God's will for me, but I'm not doing it. Amen? So we need to know what is the will of God. Okay, as opposed to what is God's plan for my life. Go to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. It's very important that we do God's will and make sure that we're, we're living it every single moment of our lives in order that we can be, be blessed and to make sure that we're going in the direction that God wants us, um, wants us to, to go into, you know. So again, Jesus here, uh, as a, a pre-Resurrection pre, uh, Sunday message, at that time, I mean, he, uh, he, you know, Jesus was, was God and man at the same time. While he was man, he was still, while he was God, he was still very much a physical being, you know, and he knew what, what was about to come his way. Beyond the suffering, though, I think the most important thing here was that God, Jesus was realizing that he was going to be separated from the Father. And the Word of God says in John there that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Amen. So Jesus was with God from time eternal. He had never known that separation, but he knew it was coming down the pike. Matthew 7, verse number 21 says... Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Please in the line. But, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that works, you that works um, iniquity. Okay? So in verse number 21, it says that, Lord, Lord, um, not, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Well, that means several things. We can still be lost, if you will, if we're not doing the will of God. We cannot do the will of men. We have to do what the will of God tells is. Now, many, many times we, we, we understand the scripture that says we are made in the image of God. God made us in his image. But many times we want to make God in our image. In other words, we want our wills on the things that we want to be done more important than God. And so we think that we can change God or turn things around in our lives by doing what we want to do instead of doing what the will of God is. Okay? And so we need to be careful that we are not doing what someone else wants us to do. We learn from the above scripture that we don't go to heaven by doing the will of men or by doing what we think is right. The only way we can go to heaven beyond being saved is by doing the will of the Father, and that will be found right in our Bibles. See, how many times do we bend down to doing what someone else wants us to do? You know, we can know what the Word of God says about a particular subject matter is. We can know what the Word of God says about, as Brother Brandon was talking about, having faith in God for a job, for a situation, or whatever that's going on. But yet still we'll have a family member or someone else go and tell us to do something else. You know, you should do this or believe this or don't do this or don't do that. And we go bending to the will of another man instead of going with the will of the Father. Okay? And we have to know what, what that will is before we can, we can follow it. This is too important a matter for us to assume that, assume that what we do or, take or, or what we do with our lives or whether or not we take someone else's word for what, whatever it is that's going on in our lives. Do we really know what the Bible says about doing God's will? Amen. So let's go to Matthew 7, back to Matthew 7, uh, verse number 13. Matthew 7, verse number 13. Enter in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there... Uh, and many there be who go in that way, because narrow is the gate and hard is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Enter into the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So it's very easy for us, in other words here, to, to go and do those things that most people do. All right? It's very easy for me to go and follow the will of some other person that's telling me to do something. It's easier for me, if for someone to say, oh, well, just lie about it, or just say this, or just say, say that. Whereas I know that the will of God says for me to be truthful. The will of God is for me to always tell the truth, regardless of what. But many, many people will say, well, why would you say that? Why don't you just go and just say so-and-so? What was your reason for doing so-and-so and so-and-so? And then you respond back the way the way. Um, a non-believer would, it's so easy to do that. But to, but to stick to the truth and to stick to what God would want you to do, that's that narrow gate that this scripture is talking about. Doing the will of God is not always easy. It is a lot easier to not do the will of God. It is a lot easier for you to follow what someone else wants you to do. It's a lot easier for you to, to, to lose faith. 
or instead of you sticking to, as Brother Brandon was saying, a promise that God has given you and sticking to what the Word says, it's very easy for you not to follow that and just give up and go and look for that hole to stick your head into and just to stay in bed. That's the easiest way out. But the narrow gate says, have faith in God. What would God have me to do? What would God want me to do? What should be the prayers? What should be the pronouncements? What should be the confessions coming out of my mouth? That's the narrow gate. You see? You see? So God here is saying that it's so easy for us not to follow the will of God. It's very easy. Because our wills, our wills, our wills are always, if you're not careful, your will will seem more favorable to God. Because you as a human being, you will always try to find the easy way out. You follow what I'm saying? You know, it may be easier for you, like David, to try on Saul's armor, even though that was not God's will for David. It may be easier for you to do what the world is telling you to do, or what some co-worker is telling you to do, or some relative or some neighbor is telling you to do, rather than sticking to what God says to do. God would say in this particular situation, God is simply saying, you come and you pray to me, get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, Holy Spirit wakes you up, you know, with me, when I wake up and my clock, invariably it will say 333. Three, 33 minutes past 3 in the morning and then I know I've learned over the years that there's something I need to pray about whether I get up or lay there in bed I will stop and I will pray and say what's going on okay so it'd be a lot easier just to pull the covers over your head and just ignore it and just go on back to sleep in the meantime maybe God maybe Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you you see so it's very easy for us to do the things that we want to do or what we think is God's will because that's the easier way out you know, many times God's will for us is to do something or to follow a direction that may be more challenging. Okay, Allah, Abraham, and Isaac. Okay, but that is God's will. God wants us to do that, and we have to make sure we're following it. So don't confuse with God's will for my life with God's plan for my life, because you can be trying to follow out God's plan. You know, I'm going to study to become a lawyer. Okay, that's God's plan. I'm going to do this plan, and that's going to take you several years to work that plan. And then every single day along that route of those several years, you're not doing God's will. Okay? You're going through that wide gate instead of looking for that narrow gate. So we need to separate the two in our minds, the difference between God's plan for our lives and are we on a daily basis, on a moment-to-moment basis, are we doing God's will. Let's go to John 6. John 6. And I'm just covering a few of the scriptures that talk about God's will because, I mean, the Bible is so full of God's, God's will uh, in our lives that uh, um, it, it literally is a road map of various things that we should and should not be doing. Um, John 6, 34. Okay, John 6. And we start with verse number 34. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. He that believes on me shall never thirst. Please underline all of that. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. And him that comes to me, I will in no wise or in no way cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. Please underline that. Okay? Came down not to do mine, my will, but to him that sent me. And this is the Father's will who has sent me. Please underline. This is the Father's will who sent me. That of all that he has given me, 
I should, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me. Underline that. This is the will of him that sent me. That everyone who sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Okay? Now, that's one of the wills of God. So you can be working this plan. Oh, I'm doing what God plans for me. I'm pursuing this law degree and everything. But if the will of the Father for you is that this is the will of him that sent that everyone who sees the Son and believes on him will have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the dead. If you lose sight of that fact that Jesus is who Jesus said he is relative to your life, then you're not, living the, you're not doing the will of God. You follow what I'm saying? If you're wavering in your faith, then that means you're not believing on this. If something is happening in your life and you're praying about it and you're wavering in your faith, as Brother Brandon mentioned, then you're not doing the will of God because it is not God's will for you to lose faith and to to lose an understanding of who Jesus is. When Jesus said back here in verse number 35, um, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Well, the will of God is for you to believe that. To believe that. And when Jesus is saying that he who comes to me shall never hunger and never thirst, you, you're thinking, oh boy, I'm going to always have a, every, every Thanksgiving, I'm going to have a turkey. Okay, I'll always have a bottle of water in the car. Okay, this is not the hunger and thirst that Jesus is talking about. The will of God is for you to really, really believe deep in your spirit that if I believe that Jesus is indeed who Jesus said he is, that I will never hunger. That means that anything that I'm in need of, whether it's spiritual awareness, whether it's just a strong knowledge of God's word, that you'll never be hungry for God's word because Holy Spirit will be there to give you. You'll never be thirsty. What did Jesus say to the woman at the well? Amen? Amen? So God's will is for you to really, 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 really believe that. When you're, when you're pursuing God's plan for your life, if you're w- going through that plan, which is a multi-month or a multi-year plan, if you can't hang on and doing, to God's, doing what God's will is, do you know what hell you can be into trying to get to do God's plan? Because you're losing sight of God's will. Jesus said in the garden, in the garden Lord, I've got this, this task in front of me. Oh boy, it's a doozy. Man, I wish I didn't have to go do this. But however, Father, not my will, but your will. Okay? So during the, during the course of you following out God's plan, do you think not the devil is not going to be there to try and hinder you from getting to that plan? All right? I mean, this is a, t- a plan that could take time to, to unfurl. All right? You think the devil is not going to come, come at you to try to hinder you from doing that? If you lose sight of what God's will is, then you lose sight of what, of what the plan is, and it'll be very, very challenging and difficult for you to, to carry out that plan. All right? You, that plan, part of God's will is for you to believe who Jesus is. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians. The difference between a will, God's will, and God's plan. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. And we want to go to verse number... Ephesians 1, verse number 5. Ephesians 1, 5. Having predestinated uh, us unto the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of, underline his will, according to the good pleasure of his will, Okay, it was God, God's will for us to be, to be adopted into the family of God. To the praise of the glory of His grace, through which He has made us accepted uh, in the beloved, beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. 
having made known unto us the mystery of his will, please underline the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself, that in, in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom... In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. He's in the line, after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of the glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom we also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, please in the line, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, who is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the uh, praise of his glory. So it is God's will then for us to understand that we are inheritors in Christ, that we are, have been adopted into the body, into the body of the Lord, that we were sealed by the Holy Spirit, understanding that is God's will, that is God's will. And as such, being that that was God's will, God's will will indeed be done, that that is who you are, that's who you are. If you have a hard time wrestling, if you're, you're wrestling with who you are in Christ and understanding that when you came to the Lord, whenever that was, you made that confession with your mouth. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I can't do this without you. Be my personal Lord and Savior. I accept you. And at that point in time, you were born again according to the Word, Word of God. You were made a new creature in Christ Jesus. It was God's will at that particular time for you to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that was God's will. All right, and you need to understand who you are in Christ, that you are sealed. That means that if you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, there's not a devil in hell. There's not one demon of darkness who can touch your spirit. All right, you have to understand that that's God's will for your life. All right. That does not mean that you cannot be attacked on the physical level. That does not mean that you cannot be attacked in the mind. The mind is where the battle rages. The mind up here is where the devil gets in and gives you the thoughts that talks counter to this will of God. Okay, to God's will. The mind is where um, the devil will send someone that you know, a family member, a friend, even a loved one, you know, that will tell you things counter to the word of God, counter to God's will, that will get you to act in a different way. That will get you to do something outside of God's will. That's how we wind up not willing God's life. Not, 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 living God's, not living God's will in our life. Because we lose sight of the fact that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Through God's will, we are members, we are family in the body of Christ. We are one of God's children. That was God's will for us. Knowing that that is God's will for us, knowing that my spirit is sealed by Holy Spirit, which means that I cannot be possessed, right? My spirit cannot be possessed, possessed. I can be oppressed, okay, because oppression comes on the mind and on the physical side where, where you're giving in to the lies of the devil and you're letting the lies of the devil and other people drive your thoughts and your actions, okay, where you're giving in to the will of others, where you are saying it is God's will that I would do so and so and so and so, but that other person is saying to you, but yeah, but look, you tried that. Okay, look, you, you tried that. Why would you believe that? Look what the doctor said. Look what the evidence is showing. 
Look what the boss said to you. You applied for that position, all right? So why don't you just go on and just give up? It is God's will that I believe the promises of God. It is God's will that I have faith in Jesus Christ. It is God's will in knowing and believing that my spirit is sealed by Holy Spirit. It is God's will that I know that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It is God's will, it is God's will, it is God's will, it is God's will. You see, it's so easy for you to just give up and follow suit with what the world would have you to do. You know, the doctor said, your boss said, you, you know, that the, the test results for this exam said that you got questions in 1, 9, 12, 13, and 15 out of 7. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right. All of that evidence shows that, that you, you're, you're going to fail. You're not going to get it. Okay. Okay. But my will, God's will for me is to follow God's will and have faith in God's will. All right. So my will, by, by, by an act, you see... God made us free moral agents. God made us free moral agents. He did not make us as robots, all right? And, and there's such good wisdom in that, obviously. I mean, he's God. There's such good wisdom in that. Because God wants us to love him and to follow him out of our own free will. He wants us to choose, you know. All of us that have family members and so forth, even little animals, hamsters, okay. If hamsters could love, you know, we, we want our, our animals to love us out of their own free will. You know, God did not create us to, just, to force us to be robots and to love them, so he gave us free will. God gave Jesus free will. Jesus had free will in that garden, but he chose to follow what God would want him to do, you see. So it's easy for us to take that wide gate and to do the will of someone else rather than doing the will of what God the Father would want us to do, okay. And that's how we wind up carrying out those plans. Like I said, you can understand what God's plan is for your life. Oh, yeah, God's plan is for me to move here, you know. I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to relocate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to marry this one. We're going to do that and do this, that, and the other. And maybe that is God's plan for your life. But on an hour-by-hour, day-to-day basis, if you're not doing God's will, trust me, I guarantee you, the devil is going to get in there and alter your direction. Okay? We'll make that wide gate look oh so attractive to you because you're going to follow what someone else is telling you to do. Or follow even what your own little puny mind is telling you to do. Because your mind is going to always take the easy way out. Your mind very rarely, unless you've got some mental issues, is going to tell you to do something that's very dangerous to yourself or very difficult. Your mind will always want you to find the easy way out. But perhaps God's will, though, is for you to take this challenging route. Perhaps God's will is for you to follow exactly what he wants you to do and to go through that narrow gate. The word of God says that narrow gate is hard. The narrow gate is very hard. God knows that. But that other wide gate is very, very open to those people who just want to seek the easy way out. Amen? Amen? Another thing that is God's will is, let's go to 1 Thessalonians here in, in winding down, getting there, but not quite, but getting there <laughs> to the end. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. And we want to go with verse number 11. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. 
And we beseech you, brethren, to know them uh, who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them uh, very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them, uh, warn them that are unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, support the weak, be patient towards, uh, be patient towards all men. See that none render evil for evil unto under man, unto any man, but ever following that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Please underline uh, verse 15 there. See that none render evil for evil. You know, so many times it's almost human nature if someone does you wrong to do them wrong back. You know, I'm going to get revenge. That so-and-so did so-and-so to me, the nerve of him. I'm going, to, I'm going to do something bad back. We don't give evil for evil. Okay, that's not God's will for us in our lives. Okay, whereas the world would tell us going through that wide gate that we talked about a moment ago, the, the world's way would be, oh, so-and-so did that to you. Don't you think you should just get revenge and do the same thing back? You see, so doing the will of God would be for us not to render evil for evil, you know. To me, it is so much easier. It is a lot less frustrating and, and does not cre- create anxiety, eliminates anxiety in my life. When someone renders evil to me, to just sit back and let what Scripture says happen, happen. As David said, the battle, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Amen. Someone does you read. You know, the Scripture there that talks about touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. People don't realize that when they're messing with a child of God, they're touching God's anointed. You know, and they're heaping coals upon their own head. So if someone does evil to you, does wrong to you, don't try to seek back revenge and to do evil back to them. Just give it to God. Let God handle that. To do anything other than that is, is walking outside of God's will for you, and you're going through that wide gate. You see? Do so you see what I mean when I'm talking about the difference between, oh, I'm, I'm living, I'm working on God's plan for my life. I know what God's plan is, okay? But on a day-to-day basis, you're rendering evil for evil then you're outside of God's will. Amen? So how do you think you're going to achieve God's plan? All right? So don't think that just because I'm being obedient to God's plan for my life, if you're outside of God's will, you're going to have a problem. Amen? Amen? Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, see that render uh, evil for evil? Do not unto any man, but ever following that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Okay? So please in the line 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Okay? So the other thing about God's will is praying without ceasing. How many of us pray without ceasing? Amen? I mean, obviously you've got to take some time to eat. We don't want you to choke while you're, while you're eating. Also, you're praying and eating at the same time. But we know what the Word of God is saying. Is that just don't leave prayer time for when you need something for God, from God. Don't wait until you're up to your eyeballs and problems and in trouble that you run to God in prayer. You know, pray with God. Pray to God in times of thanksgiving. Okay? In everything, giving thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You see, so there's the will of God. Oh, I'm following God's plan for my life. I'm following God's plan. Do you know how many people that I've known were blessed with jobs beyond imagining? Where they got the job almost miraculously... Okay? And they forget to ever thank God. They forgot to give God the honor and the glory and the praise for that job. Oh, I'm doing what God wants me to do. He gave me this job and everything like that. You know, you know, oh, how did you get that job? Oh, man, boy, I signed up on the list. I went on the computer and I did this and I brought all my degrees and blah, blah, blah. And it's all about me, 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 me. Do you ever stop to think that God opened the door for you? 
Amen, 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 amen. You should be praying every day of your life as much as you can during the course of the day. If you're pursuing a plan that God has for you, that God has identified for you, oh, gee whiz, the Lord knows you need to be praying without ceasing because part of God's plan for your life may be very, very challenging. Okay? And there will be the times that you will get those Goliaths in the world that are threatening you. You'll get those that will tell you that you are unable, you, you are incapable of, of achieving this dream that God has shown you as his plan. Okay? So how do you think you can realize that plan, that dream, without praying, without ceasing, and without giving thanks? You know? You know? And I see that sometimes, you know, and don't anybody here get on a guilt trip because I'm not talking about anyone here. But I see so much on Facebook the few times that I am there. You know, my bi- bi-yearly, my biannual visit. My kids and family tease me because all of a sudden they get a ton of notifications because I'm liking stuff that's six months old. <laughs> just now seeing it, they, they know, you know. So y'all just forgive me and bear with me if I'm liking old stuff, you know, because I go by periodically. All because of the fact that some time back I tried to send someone a message and it went off to China and Tibet and everything. And, uh, never again. And China keeps telling me, oh, you don't do that. You go here, you go here. All the other Computer stuff I can do, but Facebook drives me nuts. So, but, but anyway, um, so many times, you know, I see where people are giving, they've achieved something really wonderful, and they're talking about how well they did in achieving it, you know? And, and talking about all oh, this was about me, it's basically saying, this was about me, this was about me. And very rarely do I see on there, I praise God, I thank God for this. Or I praise God made this possible, you know. Because I don't care how much it may not be apparent that God was there in making this thing happen for you. Believe me, God was there in making this thing happen for you, okay. Especially if you're one of his children. If you're a child of God and there's good things happening to you, it's not the devil that's making things happen for you. It's God. Amen? If you're one of his children, if you call yourself a Christian, if good things are happening to you, God is there. You know, so it behooves us to, to, to give thanks to God. Not only does it behoove us, I'll take it a step further. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen? So if you're not giving thanks to God in carrying out your so-called plan that God has identified for you, then it's very possible you're not living the will of God, okay, which can, which can cause a problem for you. And, of course, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. One Peter two verse nine. One Peter two verse nine. Um, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of His own, that you should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light, who in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as sojourners or travelers and, or strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly, fleshly lusts which war against the soul or the mind, having your behavior honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works, they may buy your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. 
Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do, that do well. So it, back up in, in number 12 there, having your behavior honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, uh, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So what's that saying there is that we need to bear fruit. We need to bear fruit. And the things that we are doing in our, the things that we are doing in our lives here, uh, uh, people, people do indeed watch us. Um, when Peter tell, I want to continue here through 16 here. Um, submit yourselves, verse number 15. For so is the will of God. Verse number 15. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Please in the line. It is the will of God that with well-doing you may put forth the silence the, the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Now, what that is saying here, for, for verse 15, for so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. So what that is saying there is that it is God's, God's will that we would silence the ignorant speaking of people. The ignorant speaking of people would be things that, that pertaining to the word of God, things that are... Are trying to people that are trying to quote the word of God and telling you what to do, trying to give you this advice. They're saying to put that to silence it, but it's saying about how you should go doing it, how you should go about doing it. It says as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. So in other words, someone is saying something really idiotic regarding regarding the faith. You don't jump on them and you say, you flaming idiot. <laughs> you know, you flaming idiot. You know, don't you know that according to 1 Corinthians, blah, 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 and you, and you start getting all of this holier than thou kind of thing and calling the person a bl- uh, uh, an idiot, that's not how we as Christians are, 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 are supposed to behave. It is God's will that we should correct the ignorant man, but don't take our liberty meaning the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and who we are, to dump on a person. Amen? So before, when you see someone speaking ignorantly, quote-unquote, and misquoting the Word of God, or they're going down the wrong path, pray about how you're going to respond to that. You know, if you, have to, if you feel you have to respond. You know, many times it's best to even let it, let it go. But God is saying that if you're, if you're correcting the ignorance of men, to do it in a way that is becoming of a child of God. And don't take the fact that you are free or that you're knowledgeable in the Word of God and you're free and that God has given you this knowledge to just dump on them. That, that wasn't Jesus' way. You know, it's not to be our, our way. That is the will of God. Oh, but I'm doing God's plan. I'm working on that degree. I'm working. God said I'm going to become a lawyer, and I'm working on it. But yet still someone makes a mistake. You idiot. How can you say something like you call yourself a Christian and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not working the will of God. Amen. Working God's plan and working God's will. Two different things. Amen. So we need to make sure then how we are treating people. And I also see that too sometimes. You know, I, I, I see things, that, again, I, I'm not dumping on Facebook again, but I see that sometimes on Facebook also, though. You know, where people are just criticizing and just chewing up. And these are all the Christians. Criticizing and chewing up people and what. And that's not God's way. You, you know, if we're going to, to edify someone, we're going to speak to someone, do it in a way that builds them up. Amen. That builds them up. This is not saying that we should just let things, let things just go, but it, is, it does talk about how we should wind about going. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing 
Okay? For so is the will of God, that with well-doing, for so is the will of God, that with well-doing, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So it is God's will, but it says in verse 16, however, as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. Alright? So in other words, because I'm a Christian, that gives me the freedom or the authority to be malicious. No. That's not what the Word of God says. We're supposed to be setting examples. Amen? Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. We're kind of going to breeze through these last few scriptures here. Colossians 1, 9 through 12. Colossians 1, 9 through 12. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. There's no line that. We do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Okay? Now, why would someone want to pray for us that we have the knowledge of His will? Well, it's obvious. If you don't have the knowledge of God's will, it's hard for you to carry it out and do it. Amen? Verse number 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Underline, please. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Underline, increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. With joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father who has made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And we'll just pause there. But the operative words there again is in verse number 12. For this cause also, we uh, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So to have will, to have knowledge of God's will is deep, having deep spiritual understanding. And that's something that we can always pray when we're praying unceasingly, is to ask God to show us His will. Lord, what is your will for, uh, what is your will for my life? 1 John, little John, 1 John 2, towards the back of the book there. One John two fifteen one John two fifteen. This is again now how to you know thinking about staying in God's will and how it's so easy for us to get out of God's will. One John two verse number fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust of it. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Please in the line. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Okay? So the will of God then, that includes us not getting caught up into worldly things. The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. You know? The word of God says there in Genesis, I think it is chapter 3, where it talks, where the fall is discussed. What does it say? That the serpent showed the fruit to Eve and the fruit was pleasing to the eyes. 
right? Pleasing to the eyes. It's so easy for us to get drawn outside of the will of God by things that appeal to the five senses. That's why the word of God says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't let the five senses, the things that appeal to us through the senses, necessarily as being that which God wants us to do. Amen. So we need to to be careful of that because that is the way of the world. You know, and if you think that's not true, look at the commercials that are on TV. Look at the commercials. All right. All right. And if you if you look at the late night things, they've got all sorts of different names for it. Body beast and this and that. But they've all got these exercise commercials with people scantily clad and everything. And it's all just to get you to buy that product. Okay? Everything today, everything today is what is appealing to the eye. What is appealing to the eye? Amen? Amen? You never see a huge person out there that's saying, look how successful I am and all of that. They always want to show someone that is really trim and small feet and the whole bit. Look in a certain way. Okay, so it's whatever is appealing to the eye. So we need to be aware of that because in this day and age we see more and more of that. Amen? So it's either the Word of God is warning us. And it's amazing how long ago this was written and how it's so, it, it, it stands so much for today. Verse 17. These things in the world, the world passes away and the lust of it but he that does the will of God abides uh, abides forever and this really is the last one Ephesians 5 let me see if we did this one already Ephesians 5 Okay, Ephesians 5, verse number 15. Let's go to 14, verse 14. Hmm. Go to 11. Okay. Okay, 5, verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Here's in the line which is done of them, which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatever doth make manifest, for whatever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Wake up, wake up, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. Prison line arise from the dead and draw a line out in your margin and write the unknowing. Okay, because that's what this is really referring to here. Wherefore he said, Wake up thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, from the unknowing, and Christ shall give thee light. Light in this case is being knowledge. All right? So you're asleep at the wheel, in other words. Many of us are asleep at the wheel. We've got our lives going by, and we're not seeing what's going on around us. Amen? Amen. Arise, thou that sleepest. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See, then, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, rendering time, because the days are evil. All right? You hear that? Rendering time. I'm sorry. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore... Be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Please no lie, understanding what the, will, what the will of the Lord is. Okay? So we're seeing here in closing that through, through the word of God here is saying, Awake thou that sleepest. You know, many of us, you know, many times we're going through life, we're pursuing God's plan for us, but we're asleep at the wheel. You know, we're asleep. 
you know, you know, and if you're asleep, I mean, things, things can pass you by. You can be very much conscious of what is going on around you, but relative to the things of God, you can be asleep spiritually, you know. I don't know how many of you, I know it certainly happened to me, you know, over the years, many times, several times. But you're driving home from work or whatever, or from a, a, a direction, a route that you do every single day. I mean, you know it like the back of your hand. And then at some point in time, and you pass Fifth Street, you say, oh, wow, there was a stop sign at Fifth Street. <laughs> Did I stop? I don't know how many of you have experienced that when you're driving. You just totally, you know, and hopefully you did stop. You're still there, so I'm guessing that you did. But you do not recall even stopping. You're kind of, because your mind is off someplace else, you know. That's kind of being asleep at the, at the wheel, you know. We do that spiritually in our lives. The times, redeem the times because they're evil. Folks, children of God, there's things going on around us, you know. And you've heard me say many, many times in, in winding down, but, you know, don't think that there's some Christian thing that says we shouldn't read the newspapers or we shouldn't watch television or, you know, we, we, we shouldn't be, be interested or following politics, you know. No, uh, no, 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 no. We need to know what's going on. Redeeming the times because the times are evil. Amen. We need to know what's going on around us because that can help to direct and channel our prayers. Where prayer needs to, needs to go, what things need to be bound up, what things need to be loosed. Amen. So redeem the times and don't be asleep at the wheel, you know, to, to wake up. And don't go through this life thinking that, oh, I'm following God's plan, but I don't really know what God's will is for my life. Because in pursuing that plan, you're going to have many opportunities, many options are going to come your way to go through that wide gate. You know, to be deceived because someone is going to say to you, oh, I've got an easier way to do that. You know, I got a, I got a shortcut, shortcut way to do that. You know, you want to hit the lotto without buying a ticket, you know, and if you're dumb enough to fall for that. Amen. 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 OK. All right. I got a way for you to hit the lotto without buying a ticket. And if you're dumb enough to say, oh, yeah, show me how. OK. And we all chuckle at something like that because that seems so ridiculous. Amen. Achieving a blessing. And not thanking God. Having a big day or something before you and not praying about it. Amen. Robbing God by not tithing. Okay. Returning evil for evil. Okay. We sleep past these things, you know. We don't see how not doing those things is just as ridiculous as not hitting the lotto unless I buy a lottery ticket. You know, oh, that, that's, that's absurd. It'll never happen. Okay. But we let the will of God slip through our fingers. And many times we wonder why we struggle. Because we're being good Christians. We're trying to be good Christians. But how God would want us to live on an hour-by-hour basis, not knowing his will. Amen. That's why we fail. Amen. Amen. Plan versus a will. His will, not our will. Not someone else's will, not Aunt Tilly's will, and so forth, you know. Going to that church for a hundred years, why do I go there? Because Aunt Tilly and fifth, five generations have always gone there. See the stained glass windows, one of them has my family name. The pew you're sitting in has my family name. That's why I've been going there. You know, oh, what was the sermon about? What was the sermon about? Um, the music was good. Amen. Yes, and you've been hearing God telling you. There's this little church on 5th Street where my name is glorified. There's this little church on 5th Street 
where I am. There's this little church on 5th Street where there's healing, where my spirit is. But I don't go because I'm more interested in Aunt Tilly. Okay? That's passing the will of God. That's passing the will of God. Amen? Amen? I pray this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.